Hi, everybody. I'm Mike Hancock here today, standing in for Landy Jack. And um, as you can tell, we're both struggling a little bit with our voice, but uh, we've got a lot to cover today. So let's jump right into exactly what we're going to talk about today. I want to talk about business strategy. And we're going to come straight out of the, the Octopus program. This is in module one, and it's actually a lesson two in, uh, in module one. And Great for everybody to connect online. I have suggested to everybody that if you do want to connect, um, put your Calendly invite in there and lock into each other. And because we have Ian and Philippe definitely got their Calendly invites connected there, then I would definitely suggest that you two, if nothing else, connect as well. So let's get into this. What to cover when putting together a strategy for your business? And I remember back in uh, my corporate life, and we used to go away for three or five days, I think it was, and we would create a five-year strategic plan. And, you know, we'd have all of our department managers and everything like that, and literally that's what we'd do. And we'd have our focus of what was going to happen for the next 12 months and then how that linked to the five-year strategy plan. You know, life has changed a lot. The way I see it is, you know, life was sort of like being a conductor of uh, a large orchestra. Everybody in your team had their sheet music. The oboist knew what to play when. The triangulist knew when to ding that triangle and at exactly what sort of bar in the 37th bar, you know, on the fourth crotchet, quaver 72 or whatever, they ding their triangle and that's what made the music. These days, all of that's gone. Um, in fact, you know, if you study the, the, the musicians of today, very few of them read music. Most of them play by ear. I'm a musician. I've long since forgotten how to read music. I learned it at school, but uh, I couldn't tell you now. I can find a G on a treble clef. That's about it. And then I have to work it out from there. But I certainly couldn't read something to play it. But uh, neither could Jimi Hendrix and neither could Dave Gilmore. So, um, so these days we're learning very much to jam. And I see us very much entrepreneurship as being a, um, a series of sort of freelance musicians coming together going, let's do something in the key of A flat. And then, you know, um, let's have it have a swing tempo and then off we go and we create our music as we go along. So my idea today is to take you through really the five topics in this lesson plan of the octopus and so that you'll understand them. And <clears throat> when we start with a strategic plan today, we look at it very, very differently than what we did in the past. So I'm going to show you at the end of this what a basic strategic plan should look like because we're really now at the time, we're heading sort of into September now um, in our year. If you're watching this months afterwards, well, this is when it was recorded. And, you know, this is the time of the year where you really should be looking at the upcoming year and you really should be starting to give some thought to this. So the very first place to start is values. And I talk about values to people literally almost every single day. And rarely do I find that people pay more than lip service to their values. So here's a good question for you all. And, you know, feel free to answer it. Feel free to put it in the chat if you want. But essentially, write down your top three personal values. 
And, you know, if you can't put that in the chat right now, then you have a little bit of work to do on your personal values. You should know at least your top three and they should be sitting in your head as much as your children's names are. There's Ian, first one up. Connection, freedom, impact, love, freedom, prosperity, love, freedom and truth. Um, some, some great ones coming through there. It's good for you to, to see these and <coughs> good for you to be tested on these. Colleen, thank you. Honesty, <coughs> love and freedom. Shouldn't drink water and talk, especially in your throat's bad anyway. Authenticity, fun and freedom. Okay, so we've got a lot of the same words in here, which is not surprising for me because, you know, obviously you sit in our environment. So why are these values important? These values are important because this is the underlying infrastructure, the internal GPS system that drives everything that we do as entrepreneurs. So having, you know, integrity, honesty, con contributing, authenticity, fun, freedom, providing you understand those, these are really solid drivers for you. I was talking to uh, some new clients yesterday and um, they had some really, really great values. And one of their values was doing good business. And that really, when, when they started unpacking what that meant, it was a really solid value because they realized about 20 years ago when they started their business that not all business was good business. And so if you have, you know, a bad client at the moment, if you have somebody who's constantly letting you down, <coughs> if you have somebody who keeps running you around, putting you off, et cetera, et cetera, then chances are they're not fitting into your value system and you're certainly not doing good business. And good business means that it's got to be fun. It means that it has to um, be enlightening. It means that it has to make you money, et cetera, et cetera. So these values are things that I would definitely um, have in my wallet as a card. I would have them in my purse as a card. I would have them written um, in the front of my diary. I would have them on a banner on my wall. I'd have them as a screensaver on my computer. And so that they become so inner-trenched into who you are and what you do so that that way you can really understand exactly who you are. So, Philippe, thank you. Creativity, spirituality, and honesty. There's your one, two, three. Then let's, once we've got those values down, which is really the first part of planning, and I'm talking about planning now, and I would suggest that a good plan for everybody would be, what are we going to do between now and Christmas? You know, we're heading into September now, so what are we going to be doing between now and Christmas? That's a really good plan. So rechecking your values would be number one, and then starting to look at some of the measurable goals and measurable could be in terms of you know income that's obviously a measurable for you um, I tend to measure in terms of more numbers that I can control so for instance uh, you know we're running the entrepreneur x-factor competition at the moment uh, globally 
I my numbers on that were how many people applied and then uh, how many people vote in the competition. They're my numbers that I really look at from that. <laughs> I'm not looking at a revenue target or anything like that. Um, in terms of my day-to-day -day business, I really look at um, a number each month uh, that we have to turn over, um, a number that we also um, need to do in terms of new meetings every month. So I look at the top of the funnel, not necessarily the bottom of the funnel in terms of you know, what that means to my business. So you have to have some measurable goals. Now, I know we've got writers on here. So some writers have measurable goals in terms of numbers of words that they have and that they're writing per day. So when I write, I tend to write around about a thousand words an hour. So that tends to be my writing speed. So, you know, it starts to, to, to make writing a book take on a, an entirely different viewpoint because I know that I write about 80 to 100,000 words in a book. So let's 84,000 words is essentially 12 days writing. And that's before you start going into editing or any other process like that. And before you, I actually put uh, any research or anything like that around it. So therefore my write, my full on writing time is literally, you know, probably two and a half weeks. So you have to have some sort of measurable goal. So that's number two. So if you don't have measurable goals that you can establish right up front and have them, whether they're financial goals, whether they're numbers of calls goals, whether they're referrals goals, um, however you do it. Once you know the numbers in your business, then you can definitely set really good measurable goals. So for example, we understand, and, and uh, I've talked about this number with some of you before, um, that when we run a live event with up to 100 people in it, that's not a mastermind, we essentially have um, an average of $445 that we make per participant. So therefore, if we were putting through 1,000 participants in a year, that means that we should hit 445,000. And how do we know our 445? Because we study every single thing that we do every year. So if you don't know these numbers, now's a good time to go back into your diary and start to look, how many meetings have I had this year? How many times have I pitched my business in the last nine months, et cetera? In fact, I've just done that myself. I'm not in preparation for this call at all, but I, I looked at this and I thought, okay, so. Um, our, my closing rate is slightly down on what it's been for the last 12 months in the last three months. So then I look at who that is and why it is. I check where we're coming from and I know the exact reason I've been able to establish that. And it's because uh, primarily the last month's blown out a little bit simply because our number one marketing person's on maternity leave and she puts a higher quality person in front of me than her replacement. There it is. So, okay, so I've just got to work a little bit harder for my numbers over the next couple of months until my marketing person's back from maternity leave. So you can establish by really getting some measurable goals and understanding your business at a very high level. Then let's look at topic three, which is the mission and the vision.
And whilst these are the accepted ways of saying this, it really is the other way around. It really is the vision, then the mission. Because if you think of it sort of in military terms, which is where all this stuff came from, you know, the art of war and Sun Tzu, you know, essentially the vision is that we would like to win the war, okay? That's our vision. We want to win the war. Our mission is that we need to climb this mountain and take this spot on top of this mountain. So your vision is very first thing that you need to come up with. So your vision can change quite a lot in your business. So at the moment, um, in this quarter, we had a vision. Our visions are entrepreneur X factors. So that's our focus for um, the July, August, September quarter is really on those things. We, that certainly wasn't in our vision in the second quarter of the year and certainly wasn't in our vision for the first quarter of the year. So that is a major driver for us in terms of activity and tra um, uh, transparency and social media and all sorts of things and has been for the last month or so and will be for the next couple of weeks as well. So your overall vision can change. You'll have a lifelong vision. You'll have a vision for your business. Maybe it's you want to be a multi-billionaire. I don't know what it is. But more importantly, you should have a vision for the foreseeable future. And these days that comes down to months because these days we're not running orchestras, we're jamming. And then within that vision, there may be several missions. And so one of our missions in, uh, in this quarter has been um, essentially uh, our online summit that we ran at the start of the quarter, moving into Entrepreneur X Factor in the middle of the quarter and Young Entrepreneur X Factor towards the end of the quarter. They're really our three missions for this quarter, apart from just running our day-to-day -day stuff and doing what we do day-to-day. -day. So when you look at your vision, don't only look at your overall vision, look at a vision for the foreseeable future and then break that down into several missions. If you've got any more than about five missions to achieve over about a three-month period, you're probably not going to achieve them. It's, you're probably going to get caught up and lost in all the detail. And so you're much better keeping things more simple and breaking it out, and you'll get uh, a lot further. Um, you know, as you know, Tony Robbins said or Jim Rohn said originally, people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in 10 and the reason why is because we're constantly looking at our to-do lists and they're constantly full. Scrap those out, work on three missions, and it will definitely work for you. So those missions are then designed, just like this photo says, to give you clarity. So you could literally look at it this way. If you have three missions then that you've got to achieve in the next month, you could say, okay, well, on Monday, I'm going to work on mission A, on Tuesday, on mission B, on Wednesday, on mission C. On Thursday, I'm going to pull it all together. And on Friday, I'm going to do my planning for next week. It could be that simple, but it gives you a way to break these down. We tend to look quarterly during the year at what we're trying to achieve for a quarter. And we know what quarters are better sellers. We know what quarters have most of our revenue comes in. We know what quarters are less revenue generating for us. Then comes down to our three word clarity. And this is something great as well. So let's go to the chat. And let's get your three words clarity 
that you're utilizing for your business at the moment. And since we sort of launched the three-word clarity thing back in 2017, I am blown away who I see using this uh, around the world. Even my local water park, which is literally 100 meters from my house, which is where I walk the dog every afternoon, um, on there they have inspiring, fun, and safe, right? That's their three words of clarity that they have there. As you know, within the Circle of Excellence group, and all of the companies, whether it be the Octopus, Worldwide Business Intelligence, Global Expert Institute, um, Six Continent Events, or Ring of Steel Investments, all of those, the three words are prosperity, freedom, and purpose. So we've got their clarity, courage, and conquer. And I remember those, Mary, and they were fantastic words. And I remembered um, when we spoke about those, must be close to two years ago now, and I remember talking about the words courage and conquer at that time. And here the good ones, purpose, passion, and prosperity as well. So what are these three words for? Let me just remind you that this really came to me after, um, but it took me years to refine this, but it came to me after I read The E-Myth by Michael Gerber probably 20 years ago or whenever it first came out. And then he brought out The E-Myth Revisited, which was essentially the same book. But, um, but out of that whole book, what I got from that was to bring your business down to one word. So what does your business actually do? Um, Ian's saying for him, it's the same as his values. So that's great. And Garth, compassion, harmony, and respect. They're, they're lovely words for, for, for the group. There's no doubt about that. But often we as entrepreneurs get confused because we get, um, we think that our business is actually about something that it's not. And one of the best ways to, to see that is to look at competition. And I remember back when I was in my corporate days and we were going through our IPO and I was sitting there with the IPO team and you know everybody was saying, we're in financial services, our competitors are insurance companies, superannuation companies, investment companies. That they're our competitors. And I thought, no, they're not. They're not our competitors. And I realized that from when I ran my own financial services investment company years before that, when I was in my 20s. And constantly I'd have people come into my office to invest money and then they wouldn't invest with me. And I'd ring them up and I'd find out they bought a house instead. So I realized my competition wasn't other investment companies. My competition was real estate companies. So right back in my 20s, that led me to create a partnership with a real estate company, a law firm, and an accountancy firm. And then suddenly, every one of us benefited when a client came in and did some investing or did some sort of financial transaction. So back in my corporate life, I realized that at that point, um, travel, I'm talking about the late 90s here, travel had become really affordable. No longer was it a mission to take your holiday in the UK and you know see all your ancestors. Suddenly it became very affordable. So people weren't buying insurance policies or saving for their retirement. They were literally taking the money to the travel agent and going on a cruise. So what we did as a company is we focused our vision on really getting people to save 
so that they had to have all the travel that they wanted at some future date. And I have to say that that really worked for us. So when you look at your business, what is it actually doing? If you're a coach, you know, are you actually coaching people or what are you actually doing for people? Are you empowering them, Karen? Is that what you're doing? Are you giving them purpose? Is that what you're doing? So when I looked at this from our perspective, I realized it doesn't matter what we do in our organizations. They come down to just three things. All this webinar is about today is trying to help you improve your prosperity, number one. And by getting you better organized and better planned, it's trying to give you more freedom. And by getting you focused rather than, you know, cluttered, it's trying to get you aligned more with your purpose. So the more I can be on point in webinar today, the more I'm living out these really cool three words for you. I'm giving you more prosperity. I'm helping you be more free and I'm giving you more purpose. So those three words, if you can just have them and start talking about them everywhere you go and every single person who's on this call who's a Circle of Excellence member has been through the presentation I give and where I'm talking about prosperity, freedom and purpose and I have a slide and subliminally on that slide I have the three pyramids um, Kafre, Kefru, and Menkari sitting on the Giza Plateau with the words prosperity, freedom, and purpose sitting next to them. Why? Because this is about as deeply spiritually activating as I can try and be in a sales pitch to really resonate with you on the message that we want to help you with. Mary, you say that you're choosing uh, stuck between transformation and movement. That's, I think... Uh, well, I think the question is, which one of those is positive? Is movement positive? It's like when people say, I want to change people's lives. I always go, really? You know, maybe you'll change them for the worse. Um, you know, we're not into changing people's lives. We're into helping them become more prosperous. We're into helping them become more free. We're helping them have more purpose. If that means they have to change their life to do that, then changing their life is a byproduct. So I would suggest to you, you look at uh, either of these words, the relevant word for you, is transformation relevant? Is movement relevant? Or is it a third word that you haven't sort of come up with yet that's necessarily could be the right word for you? Now, if you haven't done this exercise or if you've done it recently and this is a review for you, then this is a great way to look at it because these words need to be embedded in your head along with your values. If you can't literally come up with these three words, and I said to you, what are your three words that stand behind your brand? And if you didn't have these, then what it means is you've constantly got to think about what your brand is about. And if you're constantly thinking about what your brand's about, you're not living what your brand actually is. So <clears throat> the basis of values and the basis of these three words and understanding your mission and your vision um, overall vision, these things are the rock solid base of any strategic plan. So let's now have a look at a very simple one page strategic plan. Now you can go to module one 
um, lesson two in the octopus. You all have access to it and actually download this strategic plan template. You can take a screenshot if you want to, if you're watching this on the video as well. But here's a really simple strategic one-page plan that we would recommend. So firstly, on the left-hand side here, this is really more about you. So it's you listing down those top three values. If you have a book or something that you're standing for by or a signature course here, what is it that sits behind you? What are some of the things here that are your red flags, blind spots or things that you have to work on? And what are those measurable goals? Now, why would you have your blind spots or red flags in your strategic plan? So that you're aware of them and so they're no longer a blind spot. You've all heard in movies and television shows where people say, oh, your first step to healing is that you admit you have a problem. Well, this is very much in the same line here. If you can identify that, you know, you don't have clarity, if you can identify that you don't have a marketing system, you can identify that you know you don't have the right customers at the moment that they could be some of your red flags and you're well on the way to fixing them the idea here is to not have a lot of bullet points under each of these things but really to to have very few bullet points but ones that you can focus on then in the black there your offers so who is your core avatar and you know it's not Oh, a CEO who's 45 years old, who, you know, lives in the marketing industry. That to me is not an avatar. An avatar is Bill Smith, who you can visualize their face and you know is that 45-year-old CEO there and you know that they like to play golf on the weekends and you know that they love their wife and children and you know that they always knock off at five o'clock because it's really important for them to kick the ball with their kids before they go to bed. That to me is understanding an avatar and understanding the way that that person thinks. So for instance, you know, many of you on this call today on the live call are avatars for us. You know, we can name you, we can say, Hey, we'd like some more Mark Wills. We would like some more Shazar Robinsons. You know, we like people who are conscious. You know, we want people who have a heightened sense of intuition like Colleen Joy. So, you know, we can, we can look at all of that and really start to focus on our avatars. And strangely enough, this is very much like, um, I don't know if you've ever bought a new car and you go, oh, I'm going to buy a new car and I'm going to buy, I'm in Australia, so I'm going to buy a Holden or, you know, I'm in France, so I'm going to buy a Peugeot. And, uh, and you look at this, this car and you've never seen them before, but suddenly you start to see them everywhere. It's because your brain is talking to you about this or you start to see them nowhere. I mean, we bought a new car a couple of months ago, as some of you know, um, because now that we're, sort of stuck in the one position we don't travel like we used to. Um, for five years, we didn't own a car. So we never needed one. So we had to go out and buy a car. And I decided what, uh, what we wanted. Lundy and I agreed on it. And then we started seeing them. But actually, it was interesting because we didn't see them everywhere. And we were looking for them. And then when we wanted to go buy one, we literally, to, to get exactly what I wanted, we would have to wait six months. 
So we actually bought one off the, off the showroom floor. Well, it wasn't quite, it had to be sent from somewhere else in the country. But even today, I very, very rarely see one of our cars around. In fact, probably in the three months since we've owned this car, I think I've probably seen two others. But it's interesting because I have that focus on it. I'm looking for them now. I'm fascinated when I see them. I look to see who's driving the cars to see if they're people like us or what they are. So the, your avatars will turn up. You just got to focus on them. Get your make and model of your avatar right down. Then is your services. And so many of us still have too many services. So what's your core service that's bringing in most of your business? What's the second one and what's the third one? And it's almost like, okay, you might have the others on your website, but forget them. And then do you have products? So, you know, maybe it's your services, maybe it's your products, maybe it's you're filling in only one of these, maybe you're filling in both of them. Some of you have products and services. Some of you just have products. Some of you just have services. And then what price points as well for each of those services. And then let's start looking at the blue area here in the middle, your own sales. So your positioning, you know, is your LinkedIn up to scratch? Is your website been updated in the last six months? Okay. Uh, what other sorts of medias are you using? Are you putting out regular video? Are you writing articles for your LinkedIn? What are you doing? Again, it doesn't have to be lots of stuff here. People dive in and do 30 different things. You know, it was great talking to Ian, who's on our call today, because after he watched Liv, who was fantastic on the last call, and if you haven't seen it, Ian's decided to embrace Liv's way of doing things, but he's not adding that as an extra. He's adding that in place of what he was doing in the past, which is fantastic. And then your sales kit. You know, go into the Octopus and have a look at a, a program and an infographic called your sales readiness armor. You know, do you have a folder? Do you have a, a visual sales presentation? Do you have umpteen case studies that you can roll out depending on what people need to see? You know, do you have people, I just been watching some entrepreneur X Factor videos from some of the, um, the finalists. And, you know, one that I thought was really clever was, Basically, they have testimonials and all they had was videos of their customers standing in front of their customers' um, buildings saying it works. So Joe Bloggs Real Estate, it works. Dean Smith Trucking saying it works. Mary Jones, graphic designer, it works. I thought that was really clever because it all it was is I could see they had lost customers who were prepared to go on video and say what they did for them worked. Very, very simple, but really clever stuff. So have you got testimonials? Have you got video testimonials in your sales kit? And then your measures. In other words, <coughs> those dollar measures that we talked about before, your way of measuring your sales, your, <coughs> pardon me, your way of measuring your prospects. Now let's look at your marketing, the dark blue here. So your high quality lead generation plan. This is your money train, leads, trust, love, sales, journey. They're those five things there. What are you doing that's generating leads for you at the moment? Where are they coming from? And, you know, be realistic. 
don't tell me your social media is gener a lead generation tool unless you can show me five leads in the last month that you've literally spoken to that was generated from your social media. If you can, then it's working. If not, then it doesn't work. So, you know, is your referral system working? Then your LinkedIn profile, again, is that up to date? Is that relevant? Is it being interacted with? Start to have a look at the interactions on there. If you wanna see more about how to use your LinkedIn profile, then go into the Octopus um, tribe on Facebook, go and have a look at the webinar that we did with Rainier Lombard, all about your LinkedIn profile. There's so many fantastic tips in there. And then your overall digital footprint. And again, in the Octopus, we have your digital footprint checker. So you can go and have a look at that. It's in the Octopus as well. It's also um, a video and a webinar that we've done on it. So you can go and use that and run that and tick that off. And then who's supporting you? The other gold area. So, you know, it's about you on the left side, but it's also about you on the right side. So your mentors and guides, and hopefully we fit in there. Your joint venture partners and your strategic alliances. And I can't tell you how many people I talk to when I ask them straight up, tell me your top five strategic partners and joint venture alliances. And they sort of go, <laughs> uh, sorry, I don't have any. So you're missing a huge potential leverage here. Your assistance. So this could be personal assistance. This could be um, virtual assistance. It doesn't matter. And then the technologies that are supporting you as well, whether it be Zoom that you're using here or you've developed an app for your business or something like that. If you just fill this out, you have a very, very nice strategic one-page plan there. So... The next time that we're going to be talking and Landy's going to be live, which is going to be in four weeks time, she's going to then move from this into resource planning. But what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go back into uh, any questions or into the chat here. And I really just want to take from you any questions that you've got on value systems, on measurable goals, on the mission or the vision, on the three words, or on how to use the one-page strategic plan. So uh, let's throw it over to you guys. Does anybody have any questions that they would like answered? Please put up your hand so I can see it. I'm looking at all of you there. Okay, Shazar, thank you. Just remember to unmute. Got it. Um, yeah, I sometimes, I mean, I can think of values off the top of my head easily that fit me. But sometimes I wonder because I wonder how to get the top three really easily, you know, because mm. there are so many things. And then I'm not sure if they're really what my top three are. And they can change. I mean, we, we have a top five. Um, but we changed them around about a year ago. We sat down and actually two of them changed. So we just felt, um, you know, we, we wanted to bring something else into, into our life as a value and discussed them really heavily. So one of the ways, Shazar, is to, to maybe look at what pushes your buttons and why. So what gets under your skin? Because chances are what gets under your skin is really really dishing to one of your personal values. 
It's like it's the opposite of your personal value. Um, so, you know, false media really gets under my skin. And at the moment, politicians around the world are so under my skin, it's just I can't deal with it. If I have one more person telling me how good a politician is because they're saving the planet, I think I'll throw up, right? Um, you know, so I'm really looking at that from where that's sitting in, uh, in my personal values. And I think it's really, it's really kicking my value of beauty because I'm finding these people to have incredible agendas at the moment. And it's also uh, kicking my value of nobility because I'm finding them to not be at all noble um, in any shape or form. In fact, I'm finding them to be really unnoble. So look at what pushes your buttons. That could be number one. Um, number two is look at what constantly um, you're fighting to try and achieve. Mm. So it could be for you. <clears throat> could be you're fighting to try and get people recognition. I see you doing that a lot. You're fighting to um, show the world what's happening in other places around the world. So you, that's, um, that for me is uh, justice. You're fighting for justice for the small person. You know, you're doing that a lot. You're fighting for those who don't know how to fight for themselves. So, you know, you've got to look to encapsulate that in a word. I'm not sure what that word is off the top of my head, but they could be a couple of tips that could help you do that. Uh, Philippe, you have a question. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, um, I, was, I just wanted to come back to the three words that define the clarity. Are you using those words in your marketing material or you just use that as a theme so that the, the words are not maybe not pronounced or anything, but they transpire through the message? I think, I think they become ubiquitous, Philippe. Okay. So I think, I think they end up everywhere. Um, and what I mean by that is that, you know, I'm not sure that that's the same for everybody. I don't know that I have a strong enough opinion on that to go, no, no, you ha they have to be in your marketing and every everywhere. But I think when I look at the three words that I've seen from many people here, I think they're part of who those people are. So to have them in their marketing, if they're not in their marketing, they're probably not sending the right message to the marketplace. Um, and so, you know, having those three words there, I think just can make it really, really strong. Okay. I'm going to go to Sarah's, uh, just read your comments here. So Mike, the three words, they are about what the client is getting, right? And they should be about the qualities or actual things like a book published. Um, yes, to a large extent, but they're also about what, what you want to live for that client, what you want to embody for that client. So ours, you know, prosperity, freedom and purpose, the client does get all of those things. And I think, you know, you know, if we asked you to write, uh, if we went to the chat now and said, out of everything we've done for you, have we made you more prosperous, given you more freedom or given you more purpose, we'd find out which word is stronger for everybody on, on the call. And so, um, and so that, but that's very individual. But, you know, what we don't promise people is that they're going to improve their sales. 
because actually not every one of our clients wants to improve their sales, strange as it may seem. They may want to have the same sales and do them more simply. So I don't think it's necessarily what everybody's getting, but it's as much as what you're giving them and your brand promise. It's your brand promise, the thing that you want to put your hand on your heart on and say, I'm going to put you in a position where you can access this. And, you know, that could be really strong. By the way, Sarah, I meant to send you this um, photo, which I'll do once we're off the call. But here's something that was, is really interesting and as, as an aside to everything here. The power of marketing and branding. So just recently we had Lundy's mother staying with us and in our series of apartments, we, we have a library in our apartment building which is lovely. So we took her down there so she could look through the books. She got a magazine. And in that magazine, which was 10 years old, there's a picture of Sarah Bullen as a contributor there talking about her business in that magazine. And I open, I'm flicking through the magazine and I go, there's Sarah Bullen. And I look at the date on the magazine. It's 11 years. It's 2010. So don't say that getting your article out there in print does not serve you because here I am being reminded of you 11 years after you did this. I'll send you the, the photo that I've got. Um, Colleen, is it an ultimate why? Yes, I think very much so. Um, I think the three words are sort of very much the ultimate why um, behind the reason you do be, uh, what you do. So I think that's a fantastic feedback there. Um, any other questions? And uh, Karen, I see that prosperity, freedom and purpose sit really well with you. Get your own words. <laughs> they took me years, literally years for us to work those out. Now, I'm not saying you can't steal them, but they got to resonate with you really, really they do. They don't resonate with you. Like if you don't feel that vibration, then they're probably not the right words for you. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's probably other words that when you deeply do this work and, you know, the words conscious leadership are really about doing the deep work inside of ourselves that allows us to turn up as the best version of ourselves. And I think, you know, when we look back at prosperity, freedom and purpose, and I can remember, I actually remember where we were, we were driving through Death Valley in Nevada. Um, we're on a, on a road trip in Nevada and Bundy and I came up with these words. We'd been having a discussion and I said, oh my goodness, I cannot believe that I've been doing this at that stage for like 11 or 12 years and I never realized what we do. I never realized before what we actually do. And now I get it. And now I get what we do. And so it's so easy for me to, to you know, if I'm having a coaching session with Sahaja, for instance, and she wants to know how to grow a brand, um, I'm so looking at, you know, not necessarily the outcome of helping grow a brand in that moment, but I'm looking at the outcome of helping her become more prosperous, more free, or getting her more on purpose in that moment. And I know that if I just do that, then I'm doing everything that I was destined to do. I think it is your ultimate why. So very, very clever. Any other questions, folks? It 
So next week we have uh, an amazing lady and uh, that is somebody who's on this call today and uh, well, was on this call for a while today and that's Angela Norman. Now, Angela is, uh, she does a number of things, but her training and uh, what she did for most of her first 20 years in the workforce was as a virologist. And so I've actually asked her to come on and share with us next week um, what's, uh, some, what's actually happening with COVID and some of the science behind it and um, what it really means for, for everybody. Because I know there is a lot of BS out there in the marketplace. So I think it'll be really, really helpful um, to have somebody who literally understands, um, you know, viruses and who's studied pandemics and things like that and actually get them on a call with us and have that information for everybody here. Because, uh, you know, I just heard uh, today New Zealand is locked down again because of one case, which is just plain ridiculous. Um, and then uh, the other day I heard the prior, or president of Brazil essentially say that uh, they won't be locking down anybody, that uh, they're just going to go through it. People will have to die. It's the only way it's going to have to integrate in Brazil. So um, a very, very different outlook there than uh, you know what you're seeing in New Zealand, which of course is an island and at one stage is going to have to open for business unless they're going to plan to be shut for the next 100 years. So COVID is going to enter um, at some point there. So it'll be really interesting to see what Angela's got uh, for us next week. In the meantime, uh, you're in hard lockdown. Yes, so that's right, Philippe, I know. I heard that as well, um, that Melbourne's doing that again. It's um, And Karen's saying she knows Angela personally. She's an amazing person. Looking forward to hearing from her. So that's coming up next week. Uh, we'll see you all later on. Have a fantastic week. Uh, our voices are improving. I made it through the call. So that's good. Catch you next time. Bye.